0: So if you've got your Bible, turn to uh, Matthew chapter 11 uh, and we're talking about rest. Who likes having a rest? Anyone, anyone likes having a rest? I like having a rest. I, I, I love holidays. Leanne, and I just, as, as I've already indicated, we've just had uh, the, really the, the first of this new phase of our life where kids are growing up and don't need us anymore, which is something we're still coming to terms with. Uh, but we went for a week and uh, went on a, on a cruise ship for the first ever time. Uh, we didn't leave the country. We went up to Cairns and, and back again. It was really nice wearing shorts and t-shirt. But I, I, I actually, this is one of, what we're going to be talking about is one of my favourite bits of the Bible. By the way, if you've got a, a device and the Bible app, if you go to events, you'll find the notes for the sermon in the, in the notes section. So in, under events, if you go to events, it'll pop up and uh, you'll see Citywide is there under events. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Don't know, in the last week, have you felt weary and burdened at any point? Do you sometimes feel weary and burdened? I know I do. And I, I think actually one of the challenges of our society is our society really doesn't want you to feel okay. It always wants you to feel like you need something in order to be okay and you always need to you know, be reaching for something in order to be okay. And so it never wants you to be actually at rest. There's always these messages about what else you need in order to be okay. But what Jesus is saying is, come to me and you will be able to not just rest on holidays, but live from a place of rest. If you want to get into the Bible at all... Uh, and don't mind reading. There's a, a book by a, a fellow by the name of John Walton, uh, who is one of the most helpful Old Testament scholars I've come across, and it's, it's just—it's called simply "Wisdom for Faithful Reading," and and uh, it's well worth the read. Uh, but what—and and he basically he challenges a lot of the ways we read simplistically the Bible, and and helps us think a bit more carefully about it because. Often we turn the Bible into cliches or bumper stickers, but actually in order to read it well, we need to be able to go back and understand what it meant for the people who it was originally written to before we work out what it means for us. So we need to do some work. Uh, What he says when he talks about this idea of rest, he says, biblical rest is characterized by stability, security and equilibrium. Would you like to live just from a place of stability, <laughs> to live from a place of security, to live from a place of equilibrium? It wouldn't be a nice place just to be living from that place. He says that the, the rest Jesus offers, important to understand this, it doesn't eliminate difficulties but helps us look beyond them helps us understand there's more to it than just the, the difficulties we're facing. So, I want to talk about what stops you living from rest. What are the things that stop you living from rest? And then I want to talk about what does it mean for us to, to live from rest as we unpack this bit from Jesus. And before we get into his promise about living from rest, you'll notice if you look at verse 20 to 24... It's not very happy. He's talking about all these towns where... And imagine if you're the son of God and you, and you see a whole lot of people suffering and broken and you come into a town and you say, look, here is hope. And they laugh or reject you. It could be tempting, couldn't it, to say, right, right. Let me sort you out. What Jesus here in these verses is doing is modelling. He's saying, I'm not going to pronounce judgement on these towns now. I'm going to trust that ultimately justice will be done. And that God will bring his justice. One of the sad things in our community is that Christians sometimes get known for pointing fingers at all the people we think are wrong. We want to fix the people who we think are wrong up. And Jesus is modelling here saying, no, your task is to let God do the judging. And Jesus has taught his disciples, you are to do two things. You are to love your neighbours And love your enemies. So I don't know who else, you know, is anybody's excluded from that. That that covers pretty much it. If you've got in in the sermon notes, you'll find a reference to Romans twelve. This is Paul teaching again what Jesus was teaching, where he says, "This and this is the attitude we're to have. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody." Don't take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it's written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, give him some food. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I think one of the diseases in our world, Matt was earlier talking about uh, YouTube algorithms, and and it's nice to see that they can do some good, but they can also do some bad because they end up polarizing people to just be with people who think like them and act like them. And when you only get those sort of messages, then you start to think those people are bad people. And you start to to divide the world between good people and bad people. And you start to think if only those people would get their act together, life would be better. And so you see what happens is you are no longer at peace. You're no longer living at rest you're seeing how terrible those people are. And let's be honest, sometimes people have done and do do things that are straight up and down terrible. It's interesting that for the slaves who are victims of the capitalist oppression through through being stolen from their homelands and taken to other nations this truth that ultimately God would repay was what kept them sane. Hard to imagine what it would be like to be stolen and used as property. But ultimately, a, a, what Jesus is demonstrating in this passage is, it's important. If you, I bet you can think of people who you think might be evil, who you think have done wrong things, who you think have the problems... This is where Christianity gets really controversial and it's easier to want to avoid it. Because your task, if you want to say you follow Jesus, is to love them. No matter what they've done. And trust that in the long run, God's got it covered. So it's in that context, Jesus comes and he says this, he actually prays, he says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned and you reveal them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. He's saying, look, there's a whole lot of people who think they're really smart, but your brain's not going to get you to God. What God is interested in is, do, are you willing to come like a little kid and just live your life looking to him like a little child looks to their parents. My son Josh is here. One of the things he would uh, do regularly is ask, why, Dad? Why? Why? He'd ask all sorts of really interesting questions. Why is the sky blue? Why does the plane fly? Uh, And he'd ask all sorts of deep theological questions too, like, um, so is, is God everywhere? yeah, yeah, he's everywhere. Is he like in the grass and thing?, well, I guess so. So when we cut the grass <laughs> yeah, okay, it's really complicated. I don't know. <laughs> but it's just beautiful because a child just trusts, their parents know what's going on. And Jesus is saying, "You want to live from rest? Live from that place where you just trust that God knows what's going on. And he goes on and says all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Here's the next thing. Living from rest means understanding that Jesus is actually in charge. And you can trust him. All things have been committed to him. And the only way to get to know God is through Him. Not through your clever brain or not through, you know, doing lots of good things, but just simply getting to know Jesus and being open to His teaching, being open to His will for your life. That's where you start to be able to enter rest. Rest. And now we come to this beautiful passage. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Just in passing, I've mentioned this before, but the, for in Jewish society, the yoke was a picture of what oxen had, but it was also what rabbis taught. And so if you were taking on a rabbi or a teacher's teaching, you are are taking on their way of life. And Jesus is kind of saying, take on my way of life and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls, for my my yoke or my way of life is easy and my burden is light. So to live from rest, you need to take hold to accept the burdens that are yours, Not to pretend they're not there, but to take them and lay them at Jesus' feet and say, mate, I don't have what it takes over to you. That's that's what living from rest means. There are three unhealthy ways to deal with your burdens. There are three unhealthy ways to deal with your burdens. I'd love to have more time to unpack this. And as you get onto this, it'll explain to you how every episode of Home and Away and Neighbours was ever written. I'm telling you, it does. Uh, it's called the Cartman Triangle. I don't know if you've ever come across this. Black brother know Stephen J. J. Cartman came up with it, and he said in any unhealthy relationship, there are three roles that are needed. The first one, and this is a, an un- way you can this is a way you can deal with your burdens in an unhealthy way, and it's this: to say it's too much. I can't do it, life is not fair, I need someone else to fix it up for me, I give up. You take the role as a victim. You are not called to live in a hole. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. That's a beautiful truth. But if you find yourself coming and saying, oh, it's all too much, I can't do it, I feel stuck, that's one unhealthy way you can deal with your burdens. Another unhealthy way you can deal with your burdens is to blame somebody else. This is another very common way to deal with burdens, say, I feel bad and it's your fault. Let me make myself feel better by making you feel worse. Let me let me punish you for what my, what's going on in my feelings. That's a, the, in the in the notes there. That's called the, the persecutor role. And then there's someone else. There's another role. You'll notice there's, there's actually a triangle. I think we could even chuck it up, Jess. Uh, there, this is oh, it's sort of off to the side. So it's hard to see. But yeah, the the victim, the rescuer, and the persecutor. They all they all need these these three roles in every home and away and neighbours episode. They are all there, uh, and a rescuer is somebody who is so who finds their own burden so difficult that they spend their life looking after everybody else's. They focus on everybody else rather than accept the burden that is theirs to carry. Does that make sense? I don't know how to break the news to you, but all of us kind of default to one of these places. All of us kind of default to one of these places. Can you see for you which one you're more likely to default to? It's really important to know, because the journey we are all on is to live from a place of rest, not to live from a place of victimhood, rescuing, or persecuting. And just to say, in you know, a real drama, when it happens, well, the, the people change roles. So, the, what, and that's where your home and away script comes in. The rescuer becomes a persecutor, because they're saying how bad the persecutor is, then the persecutor becomes the victim because they're being persecuted by the rescuer. To get the idea and it goes round and round in circles. That's your typical drama. But it's really important to understand none of these positions are healthy and none of these, the, the, there is a lie at the heart of all three of them. For the victim, it is that you, are, you have no agency. You ha- there is nothing you can do. See, God calls you actually to take responsibility for your life, no matter what your life has been. Now, for the persecutor, the lie is that your burden is somebody else's problem, and for the rescuer, the lie is that you will feel better once everybody else feels better. Galatians says, each one should test their own actions. This is Galatians 6. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to somebody else, for each one should carry their own load. This is a pretty significant thing to be saying. I know that for some of us, the load is pretty heavy. I know this isn't a light thing to be saying. I know that for some of us, this load that God has called you to carry is pretty heavy. That's why I love, just before Galatians says this, it also says, carry each other's burdens. You're not meant to carry the load completely alone. You're meant to, you need friends, you need fellowship. But there is a load that's yours to carry and what Jesus says, in order for you to enter the, the rest that he has for you, you need to be able to say, yep, I accept the responsibility that's mine and now Jesus, I lay it at your feet. And that's what, no matter what's happening on the outside, no matter what your circumstances are, that transaction is what enables you to live from rest. I love how the the message puts this, where it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. This is Jesus talking. Isn't that beautiful? So we're going to finish our service in a minute. the band's going to come. We're going to finish our service by taking communion together. It's pretty exciting. Rowan can participate in communion uh, in the Nepalese church they they are an example to us. they take communion very seriously, so much so that you have to be baptized in the, in the Nepalese congregation in order to to participate and so for Rowan, this means he can participate uh there are does anyone else need Stick up your hand if you need some more. There's a couple up the back there. A couple more, Lee. There's a few more. So you can put your hand up. Uh, This is a significant moment. Jesus knew we too quickly pick up our burdens and manage them inappropriately. So there's a few more coming around there. We too quickly manage our burdens inappropriately. And so, he instituted this meal of communion to remind us, you're going to need help. You don't have all the answers. You are not strong enough, and you never were meant to be, to try and carry the whole burden of your whole life on your own. You need me in order to live from a place of rest. And so, I don't know, I invite you to imagine all the burdens you've carried this week. To imagine all the weight you've carried, all the concerns, the fears, the anxieties. And I imagine, invite you to imagine now taking them and putting them at the foot of the cross. That's what it means to live from a place of rest. And Jesus said, just like when we had the four go down under the water, what they were saying is their life is no longer their own. They're dying to themselves. And as best they know how, they want to live for Jesus. That's what, that's what baptism's about. We are saying the same thing when we take this bread, which Jesus said is a symbol of his body. And he says, as you take this into you, what you're saying is your life is no longer your own. Your life is found in me, is what Jesus says. So let's take and eat together. And on that same night, Jesus took a cup, didn't look anything like this, and he passed it around. And he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. So you don't have to do life on your own anymore. All the stuff that holds you back, all the stuff, the, the parts of you that you're not proud of, the parts that you hide from everybody else. So I, I see it and I still love you. There's nothing that stops me loving you. So would you please just stop fighting me and begin the adventure with me. Will you please let my life be your path to real life? He says. Let's drink together. So as the band comes up, Jesus, thank you that you invite us to live from a place of rest. We acknowledge that so often our burdens get taken in all the wrong directions. So quickly we take control of the steering wheel rather than let you have our burdens. So quickly we can end up being a victim, a persecutor or a rescuer rather than let you have our burdens. Help us, Jesus. Help us as we go into this week. Can you help us put our burdens in the right place? Can you help us come to you and find your rest? We need your help. We acknowledge it. In your name, Jesus. Amen.